to the podcast. My name is Trey Vela. You are here with the Teens on a Mission podcast. This is season three. So glad you're here with me today. Um, if you missed it from last week, we will not be doing any more YouTube videos unless we have a special guest on, which we are having soon. We're having um, later in February, we're having another testimony come up. Um, I've already heard this guy's testimony. It's phenomenal, and I cannot wait for you to hear it as well. It's going to give you a lot of encouragement, um, and it's just a phenomenal testimony. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about what is prayer. So when you think of prayer, you probably think of having your hands together, kneeling, um, you know, talking to God. That's what you think of with prayer. First thing that comes to your mind is see, you know, you're talking to God, you're praying to Him, you know, something like that. We're going to do um, what we normally do with, um, you know, the what is um, episodes. We're going to start off with definition, biblical meaning, then we're going to have the Greek meaning. Um, but first of all, the definition of prayer it is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. Prayer is not just to God. We know prayer can be, it can be to Satan. It can be to um, Allah. It can be to Jehovah. It can be to all kinds of different gods um, and different kinds of religions. All pray to their God, um, unless you're an atheist. Um, but if you have a God, whether, whether you're you know, monotheistic or polytheistic, you have gods gods or God that you pray to. Now, the Bible meaning of prayer is a devout petition to God or an object of worship, a spiritual communion with God or an object of worship, as in supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, or confession, which we're going to get into later about what are the different types of prayer um, and what do they mean. So the Greek meaning of prayer is the word, I believe I'm pronouncing it right, it looks like yush. It says it's an old Greek word that describes a wish, desire, prayer, or vow. Prayers can be wishful, it can be desireful, it can be a vow, it can be worship, it can be adoration, thanksgiving, which we'll get into in just a minute. Um, but as we look at the different meanings, they all have sort of the same concept. It's a request. It's a wish. We kind of see that through both three meanings and different um, definitions of prayer is that all three of them have a um, desire or wish um, that is involved in the definition of it. It may not say it word for word, but they mean the same thing. So we're going to go over the different types of prayer. So I wrote down six different types that I use um, when I pray. This isn't really in order. I guess it technically could be, but it's the first four could technically be in order, but they're not. They're not in order. So you know, I don't pray like in this order. I just hit the table. My bad. Um, so different types of prayer. You've got Thanksgiving. You've got praise, forgiveness, requests, intercession, and faith. What is Thanksgiving? That can be like praise but normally you're just thanking God for the fact that maybe you woke maybe just the fact that you woke up this morning you've got food you've got clothes you've got a family you got an education he kept you safe yesterday he kept his angels around you when you were driving i mean there's so many different uh things for thanksgiving just being thankful for what God has provided of you being able to breathe right now we should be thankful for that 
Then you got praise. Praise can just be glorifying God, saying how great He is, lifting up His name, worshiping Him, not gratifying yourself or looking for things for yourself, but gratifying Him and His plan and what He wants. Then you got forgiveness, obviously, searching your heart, which we're actually going to get into forgiveness. That's a big part of prayer that we tend to forget about. We're going to get into that later. But obviously, forgiveness, asking forgiveness for what you did yesterday. Um, if, if you pray at nighttime, which you need to pray in the morning and nighttime, if so, in the afternoon as well. Um, but I have like morning and after, and um, so morning and nighttime. Morning is more of my Thanksgiving uh, my praise type prayer, but then at nighttime was my cleansing, my forgiveness, requests, intercession, stuff like that, which we're getting into later. later. Um, but forgiveness, you know, asking God to forgive you for what you've done that day, um, asking for forgiveness of, you know, being angry at this person, hating this person, lusting, um, greed, anything, anything, because you sinned yesterday or today, you sinned uh, at least once today. So you need to ask for forgiveness for that. Whether it's really small or really big, sin is all the same in God's eyes. So next you got requests. So requests can be like basically things you want, obviously. Um, I would say that you need to be careful with your requests. Um, Requests should not take up a big time of your prayer. God does want to know what you want and you know what you request of, but that shouldn't be the main reason and main um, segment of your prayer. Because it's really easy just to have a prayer of God give me this, God give me that, God give me this, God give me that. It's really easy to do something like that. But we need to make sure that our prayer is not consisting of just that. So the next thing we're going to look at is intercession. Intercession, to me, is more of a gift that comes from the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that, um, you know, I, well, I don't believe 100% that, you know, if you don't have the gift of intercessory, that you can't intercess for people. But intercession is basically just praying. It can be for people, the nation, your family, just continuous, constant. It's more of a longer um, prayer for people, for the nation, for your family, etc. It's things that are not of you that you're, you're intercessing, you're fighting, you're battling for people. Um, I don't personally think I have the gift of intercession, but I can pray for people for a long period of time. And go into war for people. But I know people. <clears throat> sorry. I know people that can pray for a very, very long time and not even blink. And that's more the people that have that gift of intercessory. Now, it doesn't make you less of a person if you don't have that gift. But people who have that tend to pray longer and don't care about time. Um, me, it's, it's, it's hard. I'll admit, it's hard for me to sit in one spot and. Um, pray. That's why I pray better walking and moving, um, because my body's doing something. I can focus better when I'm moving and constantly having like motion. Um, but the next one's gonna be faith. Now, faith can get persuaded a lot, but obviously, praying in faith, whether it's um, for a miracle, whether it's for uh, you have faith that God's going to provide you what you need, uh, which He always does. He never has not not provided you with what you needed i mean you need oxygen you need clothes you need food and god's provided it for you it may not be what you want but it's what god's given you and he knows that's what you need 
Um, but faith can be persuaded a lot. But obviously, um, faith in miracles, faith in healing, faith in um, provision, faith in... It, it can be all kinds of different things. Um, but faith, you know, praying in faith for things. So I want to go over... We're going to look at a bunch of different scripture for prayer. Um Obviously, your main one that most people look for in prayer is Matthew 6, 5, um, which has the Lord's Prayer, and he talks about some other things as well, but we're going to read that one a little bit later. Um, but the first one we're going to read is in James, James five sixteen. It says, therefore, this is the confess and forgiveness part, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It also has faith as well, so we're looking at confession, forgiveness, and faith. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, I'm sorry, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, this isn't talk about if you're like, when he says, present your request to God, this is not talking about you wanting a new MacBook or a new phone or a new TV or a new house or a brand new sports car. That's not what this is talking about. People take it as that. But this is talking about when you're anxious about something, when you're nervous about something, make it known to God because God wants to know. The Bible has 365 verses pertaining to not worrying, not being afraid, not being anxious. God has a verse every day for us so that we don't so we know we don't have to be anxious or worry about anything. So make your request known to God when you are feeling anxious and when you feel stressed and when you're in a situation that you just feel like the world is crowding around you and you feel like you're drowning in the ocean. That's when you need to make your request to God is when you feel those emotions. It says in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. So it's not just like, God, I'm struggling with this. Amen. God, free me of this. In Jesus' name, amen. That's that's not what it is. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what he's done before all this. Thank God for what he's going to do in the future. Um, the next verse is going to be in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 5, um, so 5, 16 through 22. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So we see thanksgiving and we also see discernment. Um, A lot of times people think that discernment is just seeing the bad in people. Um, And discernment is not just seeing what this person is doing wrong, what they struggle with. Discernment is also seeing the good in people. Discernment is also telling what's good and what's false because just because a pastor says something does not mean it's right. I don't care how many titles you have. I don't care how many degrees you have. Just because you say something does not mean it's sound and it's true. And you may think I'm being disrespectful because I'm a teenager, but it's the truth. Like you, Just because you have a title or because you spent years and years and years and years and years in theology school... It does not mean that what you're teaching is true. It doesn't doesn't even mean it doesn't mean you're going to heaven either, which we're going to go into later. But it says rejoice always. We see the Thanksgiving part. 
And then go later down here. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test them all. This is Paul saying, test them all. Don't just accept everything. Test it to the scriptures. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer. So, I think I'll talk, I think I had this in my notes later, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. But one thing, um, when we, we as Americans, we have um, our rest, quote-unquote rest. But our rest is not the type of rest God wants. Our rest is scrolling on social media, watching Disney Plus or Netflix. Um, it can be eating a lot of food. It can be just sleeping, just... Do, it can be doing nothing, but that actually is not um, the type of rest I believe God really wants for us. God wants us to spend time with Him. I try to remember. I don't, do I? I try to remember if I have this verse. Um, but I know there's a verse that talks about. It's in um, Psalms. It talks about how. Um, actually, we actually talked about this last week. Where David, I believe, I believe it's David, he talks about how he gets replenished through spending time with God. Uh, well, okay, here, here's the verse I'm thinking of. It's Psalm 1611. It says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Now, I know there's another verse where it talks about him being replenished um, through um, spending time with God. But that's where we really get refilled, is spending time and praying with God and opening our mouths and glorifying Him. That's where we get true rest and true being truly replenished, is through spending time with God. So, let's go back. Um, actually, okay, I'm going to read this last verse from Psalms, and we're going to go back to what Jesus said. Uh, so, it says, so- Psalm 139.23 says, says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious, anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is more of the forgiveness um, and repentance type prayer where he's saying, Lord, search me. Search my heart. Find any evil way in me and purify me. Purify my heart, Lord. That's basically what he's saying. Search me and know my heart. So we're going to go back to Matthew 6, um, 5. And we're going to read this because this is really powerful and a lot of people overlook um, this part of prayer. It says, this is what Jesus says. It says, he says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. Let's take a couple steps back. It says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And also says, when you pray, do not be like the pagans. They think they will be heard of their many words. A verse we're going to read later um, talks about how Paul talks about how he'd rather speak five intelligible words than speak many, many words in tongues. Um, one thing a lot of people, like, they really miss this part of prayer. A lot of people think that you have to say a lot of fancy words and you have to be this preacher and you have to, like, know all these different ancient Greek, Hebrew, thousand-year word, thousand-year old words. Like, you don't have to know that. God's not expecting fancy words. God doesn't want fancy words. You may not get an amen and hallelujah after every word you say if you're in a crowd or... Like, like, all right, basically, look, you don't have to have a lot of fancy words and know a lot of Greek and Hebrew to let to, for God to listen to you. All you have to do is just pray. God wants you to pray. That's all he wants. He just desires for you to pray your accent, your tone, the way you pray. He wants that. That's what he wants. And we look at the simplicity of Jesus like this isn't some intense hard prayer that you got to memorize and like learn how to pronounce all these words like preachers will like print like uh say all these fancy words that people are like I don't know what that means but it must be good amen like you don't have to do that just pray I mean it's super simple guys just pray you don't have to have fancy words. Just pray. You don't have to have a title. Just pray. You don't have to be feeling good that day. Just pray. I don't care if you're feeling amazing or if you're feeling horrible. Just pray. Just pray. He says, Our Father in... This is Jesus praying, who is the who is the Son of God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's praising Him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, Lord, he's saying, God, Father, you rule in heaven, so I ask you rule on earth. He also says, give us today our daily bread. That's your provision. Forgive us of our debts. That's the forgiveness part. Lead us not into temptation. That's a request. Deliver us from the evil one. Talking about Satan. And Jesus says that if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive them, God can't forgive you. Guys, make sure you're forgiving people because we need God's forgiveness desperately. You literally, guys, just have to have a conversation with God. I mean, just tell him how you feel. Let him also, let, let also we forget about this part, but let him also tell you how he feels. See, like, like I say all the time, a conversation isn't just a one-way type thing. This is something that both sides have to speak. He wants to hear you and he loves you. But he also wants you to listen to him. Sometimes we got to shut up and just listen. Because if you run your mouth a lot and you run God over, if you don't, I mean, if you don't want him to talk to you, he won't. Like, 
I mean, but give God a chance. Like, let him speak to you. Don't just talk, 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 and, like, never let him talk. Like I was talking about earlier, forgiveness is another aspect of prayer. It's a huge aspect of prayer. Very important, and you really need to make sure you've forgiven people. Because Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ God forgave you. Forgiveness can make a wall, really, between you and God. I mean, his word clearly says that if you don't forgive, he can't forgive you. Like, we have to understand that we need forgiveness bad. Like, we are in so much debt, we need forgiveness. I mean, if somebody just bumped into me, and now I'm mad, and I'm like, oh, I don't, like, and then I bear forgiveness. I mean, I'm sorry, if I bear unforgiveness, like, why am I going to be unforgiving over that? When today I probably just got angry at someone or was lusting or like, I need forgiveness for those things. Like you have to ask, we have to ask for forgiveness and holding on to the dumbest things is just not, is non-Christian like, it's non-Jesus like. We're supposed to be acting just like Jesus. One thing I want to go over as well is um, I'm going to go over super briefly because I don't have time to go deep into it because I got some other things I want to go into. Um, but a little side note is speaking in tongues is an actual thing for those of y'all who think it isn't. I know a lot of people think that speaking in tongues shouldn't be done. It's not real. It's you know not something that is biblical. Uh, but literally, Paul has like literally chapters of tongues. Like he's got in I believe. Yeah, he's got it in First Corinthians and Second Corinthians. He talks about tongues in uh, in uh, some of the chapters in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. But I want to read First Corinthians fourteen. I actually, I actually didn't know this was a verse. Um, I knew tongues was biblical. I've spoken tongues many times, um, but I actually didn't know about this verse. But it says, "Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy." And the gifts of the spirit, there's many different ones. Obviously, you got tongues, you got prophecy, you got visions, you got dreams, you've got um, prayer. There's all kinds of different um, gifts of the Spirit. But it says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but speaks to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Tongue just comes. I mean, you can just be in a holy moment and then tongues just come. I don't know if you've ever spoken in tongues. I don't know if you're afraid to. I don't know if you think it's not biblical. But if you go in First Corinthians, you can find all First and Second Corinthians. You can find all kinds of things about tongues. Um, but tongues is you can't just force it though. Like it's just something that the Holy Spirit just is speaking. Like and nobody else can understand what you're saying. You don't know what you're saying. You're just speaking in tongues. But it's your heavenly prayer language. Now Corinthians um, and Paul, Paul also talks about how though tongues is not to be said in public in front of people and spoke. Like a prophecy, it's not supposed to be that unless someone's there to interpret it. That's another gift of the Spirit is being able to interpret tongues. He would rather you do prophecy um, if you're going to speak out into a into public. But when it's talking about private, that's your prayer language with tongues. So tongues aren't um, a bad gift that you should be ashamed of. It's just these, because you'll read that and you'll probably think that. But tongues is just, when, when you're speaking in tongues, Paul's saying, I would rather you do it in private as your prayer language. I don't want you doing it in public without unless somebody's there to interpret it. He says, if somebody is not there to interpret it, it's edifying you and not the church. So anyway, like I was saying, prayer is not saying fancy words and speaking in tongues and sounding good. 
Later on, we see in Corinthians what Paul also says. He says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I can speak in tongues more than all of you. But in church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. The great apostle Paul is saying, I would rather pray and speak five intelligible words than speak 10,000 words in tongues. We can also take this as, I would rather have five words that move people's heart than preach a two-hour sermon that I bored everyone to death and nobody learned anything. That's how we need to think, guys. God wants to just hear you. He doesn't want to hear you trying to be somebody else. He wants to hear you. You know, I don't know if you actually knew this, but Billy Graham once said, I wish I would have discipled one person, then let him disciple another. Let that person disciple another. Those two disciple another. Then you got four, then six, then eight, and so on. And it blew my mind because I was like, this guy has been, went on so many crusades. I don't know if you know who he is. I mean, I would think you would. But Pastor uh, Billy Graham, that was the, I mean, the biggest evangelist ever. But this guy literally went all over the world to preach the gospel. Saved so many lives. Yet he wanted to just disciple one person and then let him disciple another and then another. And then another, and then another, and it makes it makes sense though, because if you look at people who went there, I guarantee that I, I mean I'm I a hundred percent believe that there were people who ever got saved and are still saved as to this day, but I also believe there are people that that got there and went down to the altar just because it was a Billy Graham crusade. They may have gotten saved, but then they went back to their old life. See, believing in Christ, I don't have time to really get into this because I, I talk about this in some episode, but believing in Christ and being a disciple is two different things. Demons believe in the demons believe in Christ. Demons don't are not disciples for Christ. I don't have time to get into that. I don't have enough time. But I know I talk about that somewhere in the episode. Um, but I also want to show you what Jesus says. So we know that works. Um, actually, actually, let me go back. Um okay so works of god is miracles faith healing stuff like that That's something really big right now but i want to i want to show you something that because a lot of people think that if you do enough works you can get to heaven but that's actually what muslims believe and that's actually what jehovah's witness believe so i'm not a jehovah's witness and i'm not a muslim so I don't believe that you have to do enough works and do a lot of works in order to be a good person, in order to be a strong spiritual Christian um, to go to heaven. But I want to show you this. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And most people see the will of my Father and they're like, well, it's the will of God to bring healing and to bring um spiritual healing and you know to pray for people and have miracles and that's the ministry but it's not always his will but i want you to look at this it says many will say to me on that day lord lord did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles this is what jesus says guys what jesus says then i will tell them plainly 
I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. He just called them evildoers. They casted out demons. They prophesied. They brought miracles. They had mega churches. They, I mean, but he's calling them evildoers. Just because you do the works and do the stuff everybody wants to see does not mean you're a Christian. Does not mean you're going to heaven. They, I mean, Jesus literally called them evildoers, yet they're doing the will of God. See, here's the thing. I want you to take this from this episode and use it everywhere you go. I want you to really just remember this part. Works don't get you to heaven. Church does not get you to heaven. Your title does not get you to heaven. Money does not get you to heaven. Fame does not get you to heaven. Status does not get you to heaven. Who you know and who you don't know don't get you to heaven. Who you're friends with, who you're not friends with does not get you to heaven. Jesus does. Works and miracles are amazing, but there's more to the Christian life than just works and miracles. Jesus was not just a miracle worker. He also spoke truth to people. He healed people. He got persecuted and nailed on a cross. Some of the greatest disciples in the Bible, Stephen, was stoned for his faith. Peter was hung upside down on a cross. Paul was beat and put in prison and had a thorn in his side. The Christian life is not easy. Jesus said it was not going to be easy. And we all forget about that part. See, we want the experience and the feeling of feeling spirit-filled when miracles happen. We want to see all these different things. But we don't just want Jesus. We don't just want Jesus. We have to learn to just want Jesus. Jesus is who we are to want. We need to stop seeking after experiences and miracles and what we want to see and what makes us feel good and what makes us look good. We need to start seeking after the things that maybe don't make us look good. I mean, imagine being hung upside down on a cross. And as far as I know, these people were on these crosses naked. Like, there was no clothing. They were naked on the cross. Jesus was naked on the cross. Peter was naked upside down on a cross and he see he chose that too see that's the crazy part is he chose that i mean that's the disciples of jesus look at them they chose that peter said i'm not worthy enough to be crucified like my messiah hung hang me upside down like stephen getting stoned paul having a thorn in the side paul's been whipped and thrown in prisons for the gospel And we think we're being persecuted because someone doesn't like our shirt. Someone didn't like our post. Somebody didn't comment. Somebody didn't say amen when we prayed. We think we're being persecuted. Something I want you to do this week is really just... I want you to look and see if you're seeking Jesus or if you or if you're seeking a Jesus that gives you what you want. And if you're seeking a Jesus that is the true Jesus or a Jesus you or a Jesus you've made up in your head. I really want you to look and see
I know this was a little bit of a heavier message. It's convicted me throughout um, teaching and listening, but I know this was a heavier message, and it was a message that didn't have a lot of laughs in it and stuff, but uh, guys, this is, sometimes you got to have these kind of teachings. Sometimes you got to have this kind of stuff. I mean, the Bible says that you got to learn to eat the meat. You can't constantly just drink milk. You got to learn to eat some meat and chew on it. And we know that we know that through Jesus anything can happen. We know miracles can happen. We know people can be saved. We know restoration can happen. But just because we know it can happen does not mean it's the will of God. I want to share a story to end this out. Um, basically, it's going to be on the subject of, you know, just because you have a ton of prayer and faith does not necessarily mean a miracle is going to happen because everything happens in God's will. But I want to share this story. This is on the subject of that. But So, one of my friends, we were, um, we were at our youth retreat two years ago. And this guy, he wears contacts. Um, he's partially blind, um, so he can't see really well with his eyes. So he has to wear contacts. So second day of retreat, second night's all it because we have like a three day retreat, half day Friday, full day Saturday, um, kind of a fourth of a day honestly um, Sunday, but. We, uh, Saturday night, prayer, it's always, Saturday night's always the best night, um, but we're in there, we're praying, and he wants, told me he wants to, you know, be able to not wear contact lenses anymore, I mean, we were seeing all kinds of deliverances, all kinds of healings and stuff, he's like, man, I want to, I want to, you know, have to wear these anymore so we pray over him um we get some more people to come pray i pray over him some more and we get some more people to come pray finally he was like all right i believe it's gonna happen so i walked with him we went to the bathroom he took it out and he crushed it he took one of them out, he crushed it, and threw it in the trash can and couldn't see. So we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and nothing ever happened. I'm not discouraged by this. I mean, he was discouraged about it, but he, you know, we talked about it and he's okay now. But, but. I want you just to imagine, I don't know if you wear contacts or not, but I want you to imagine taking it out, crushing it, and throwing it in a trash can. And that's the only way you can see good. That's the only way you can see. That is a lot of faith. That's more faith than I would ever have to just take my contact lens out, crush it, and throw it in the trash can. Like that, I mean, I, I literally walked in there and watched him do it. And I was like, 
I hope this happens because <laughs> he ain't going to be able to see that out of that eye for the rest of retreat. And, you know, it never happened. But he had so much faith, so much prayer, yet it didn't happen. God's will in that moment was not for him to be healed. Do I know what his purpose behind that was? No, I, I, I don't. I don't know his purpose behind that. I did not know why that the Lord did not heal him. And I may never know. But I do know that that made him stronger. It almost It's almost like it made him trust him more, it felt like. And I know that it, it honestly showed me that, like, I need to have more faith. Like, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. Like, I would not have taken it out, crushed it, and thrown it in the trash can. I would have took it out and tested it, but I would have had it just in case I had to put it right back in. But I just want to end it out on that and let you know that if you're thinking that maybe you don't have enough faith for something... Don't don't think that you don't have enough faith all, all the time. Don't be thinking that. Because you can have all the faith in the world. But if it's not God's will, it's not God's will. Jesus literally only did three years of miracles. Before all that time, he did no miracles. He was literally just spreading the gospel. When he was 12 years old, in the temple, talking about his father, talking to the priests and rabbis and the pastors and all that. He was just talking to them. So he grew up. He only spent three years praying and doing miracles for people. Only three years of praying for miracles and stuff. Then he gets crucified. He was literally the best person you could ever ask for, yet he was crucified. The best friend, the best brother. I mean, the people that he healed were the people that turned their backs and crucified him. The people that that week before was laying the palm palms down for him and singing Hosanna in the highest. The very next time they were they were singing crucify him, crucify him. It's really all I have for this episode. Like I said, it was a lot heavier of an episode, and I still feel the weight right now. But I just pray that the Lord shows you, and I pray that the Lord will guide you in the circumstances you're going in. And I just pray that the Lord will work in your heart and show you, like, if, if you feel like you can't pray and you don't have the, um, the ability to pray, we just renounce that in the name of Jesus because that's not true. That's just the devil. So we just pray that, God would free your spirit and you would feel like prayer is just something you have to rely on. As soon as you wake up, prayer. All day, prayer. 24-7 prayer. You have to have it. I pray it becomes like a drug to you. You just constantly, constantly need it. But thank you guys for listening. Make sure to share this. Thank you for all your support. Um, We actually just hit 1.4 thousand. We're getting... um, High up there, guys. Can't wait to hit 1.5. Um, and the next goal will obviously be 2,000. Um, but thank you for listening. Make sure to share this. Let's get it out there. Share it to everybody you know. Um, like I said, thank you for the support. Thank you for always listening every Wednesday. Um, and, guys, we will see you next week. <laughs>